9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. If you enjoy 90s and want to hear more of it, could I interest you in our Patreon? Head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe to the 90s Deluxe level, which will give you access to a bonus episode called Garbage Time. Every time we record 90s, we stop the recording and then start another recording and talk for sometimes up to another hour about a whole other thing. On this week's episode of Garbage Time, we talk about AEW and Dungeons and Dragons. But on this episode of 90s, the one that you're getting for free right now, we talk about Facebook going down. We talk about how much social media is watching you. COVID's still a thing, even if you play sports. We talk about the dark side of the ring and Ric Flair, Seinfeld, the John Larroquette show, and Midnight Mass on Netflix. All this and more on 90s. you like don't even know if you're being ironic anymore that's that's what happened like rain on your wedding day (laughs) not ironic just a coincidence what about ten thousand spoons when all you need is a knife i mean we'd have to ask alanis ask alanis i i think i think that those things have become ironic because of her Mm, only for bad definitions of ironic i guess so yeah Words words are malleable. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But yeah, you know no, what corporate... else is malleable? Well, there's a happening going on, guys. We have to. I don't know how we could not talk about this. I need to talk about the fact that Scott, I think, doesn't have a little fuzz fuzz on the head of his mic, and we're hearing a lot of his breath. Oh, that's a good thing to start with. I mean, so that the listener doesn't have to listen to it for like an hour, or maybe just get it. I don't know. I don't know how to how to help you, Scott. <laughs> No, that's not the solution. <laughs> the solution isn't putting your microphone way up uh, in the air. So then we won't visual it. humor. That's how we lead. Yeah. All right. What do you want me to do? I have a eight-year-old kid. The fuzz fuzz is gone. Did he eat it? Yes. <laughs> Did your child eat the fuzz fuzz? Yes. I think I have an extra one kicking around because I have so many microphones. If all else fails, everybody poops. What? Well, I was like, on. you can't use poop as a microphone, like wind <laughs> blocker. That's not how that works. Uh, so, are we talking about Facebook's having a really bad day? Yeah, yeah. Their BGP tables are in trouble. What is it's it? Like... So, explain what happened. My my dad was like, "Do you have a minute to call me?" And he thought that his computer was, and I was like, "No, dad." <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad <laughs> assumption, you know. Like when the biggest <laughs> website in the world, yeah, for hours, <laughs> still down. I think no, it I, just I came back up wrong. about just yeah, came back up. Ago. I just got yeah. messenger back up. A couple people were like, were just sort of like, I briefly was like, I was in the middle of a conversation with someone on Instagram Messenger. And like their first instinct was I just like ghosted them like mid sentence. <laughs> and then they yep. were like, oh, it's a, it's a giant outage. <laughs> like, like Keith is typing. And what an outage. All yep. of Instagram, all of WhatsApp and all of Facebook for if it just came back, I think that's like 10 hours. Maybe mm-hmm. a little less. Yeah. yeah. So do you know the, the, the tech of what went down? John. I don't. I don't understand it enough to explain it in any great detail. But uh, it's B, their BG. What I read on on Hacker News, and th- that also could be wrong. It's like it's just often you get insider at this point or whatever. It's but it's like speculation from the people who are most likely to actually have have a clue as to what's going on. Mm-hmm. So the story is that you know you type Facebook.com in, and then and then some computer somewhere returns an IP address to you. Um, and then your computer asks that IP address, hey, can I get the data from there? So mm-hmm. when you have a really, really, really big website like Facebook, you don't just have one response. Like on our website, there's only one IP address that comes back because that's, you know, we're teeny tiny. But the big as Facebook. Right. But then you then then so they do load balancing. They send different IPs back. And and so there's a whole cluster of servers inside the Facebook network that handle all of these responses and decide which computer is going to respond. And so that is the BGP tables or border gateway protocol um, tables. Mm hmm. And apparently there was a misconfiguration there. So it's like it's trying to decide where to what to respond to when you ask Facebook.com what IP should I go to? And it just like they all exploded all at the same time. And it, like I said, and it took down every one of their offerings, right? Like the both of their Facebook Messenger, their WhatsApp, their 
Instagram, like Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook completely. And, and shocking to me, having I guess like worked in tech and worked in in big, it's that it took so long to come back up. DNS like, off, issues often do, and part of it is that if they return the wrong IP address by that process, <gasps> which I think might have been part of it, then all of a sudden you're having like millions of hits a second going to the wrong IP addresses, yeah. which which now will cause a cascade of failures. That mm-hmm. might not have been what's going on, but but somebody did comment that like, hey, if if all of these IP tables are fucked up, then then wrong servers are getting kablooied, and then yeah. that that'll that'll start taking things down too. Yeah. Still, still crazy. I mean, like I said, obviously, obviously, without necessarily knowing the ins and the outs of it, it's like I've, I've experienced like major outages and stuff from like major vendors, and like ten hours is exceedingly long time for something of that scope and scale to be down. And I, it, I'm just. It is and it isn't when you're dealing with DNS. Sometimes mm-hmm. DNS issues can actually take 24 hours to to fix. Like it really shouldn't at this level. But when um when I was doing shared hosting support, uh, tell us like we would do resolve DNS issues. And sometimes yeah, you fuck up your DNS, and then sorry buddy, it's going to take 48 hours before the internet gets your your updates. Yeah, exactly. I I, I, like I said I just you know would have thought that uh, Facebook would have had the fattest pipes. You, like... you'd, you'd think <laughs> apparently all the like revendor um, domain names actually mm-hmm. somebody actually had facebook.com to resell. <laughs> now I really doubt that they actually forgot to renew their actual domain name, but apparently you know who knows what, what the whole story is. We might find out actually because they're going to be obligated to give to their board of directors like a report as to why the hell they were down for ten hours. Imagine how much money was lost. Like oh. they make billions of dollars a year. That could literally have been hundreds of millions of dollars just going up in smoke. Mm-hmm. If, if, yeah. Like, I mean, well, for, I mean, like the, the revenue loss of Facebook is probably enormous, but then also just like the revenue loss of like businesses and stuff that have like their storefronts there. Plus like all of the other financials, all of, all of marketplace. Yeah, exactly. All the other financial movings, movers and shakers and stuff like. Oh, oh, I think, boys, it is time to put on our tinfoil hats. Oh, because crinkle, a very crinkle, crinkle. A, a very special thing was happening earlier today. In fact, just just a short number of hours before everything went down. Oh, yeah, because it, it was a bad day for Facebook, anyways. Yes, it was. There was an interview with Francis Hagen, who was a, mm-hmm. a Facebook insider who uh, blew the whistle, so to speak, on a number of shitty Facebook pr- practices. And there was mm-hmm. like an interview on CBS, something like that. That that um, she, I think it's a she. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, uh said so is that part of it kind of doubt it this is a big fuck up for that but yeah no for sure i I don't think i don't think they're i i definitely think they are related oh yeah let me let me go full conspiracy here because as soon as that hits i am certain that there are people within the facebook organization that start snooping around for stuff that could be incriminating or damaging and that's when they start doing deep dives into their infrastructure and that's where one of them two of them a team of them messed up maybe do i think it was a distraction i don't think it was a distraction technique but i think they were trying to either start to get their defense in order or see if there was any other bleeds that were going to hit the media Mm -hmm. and um scrubbed something that they should not have scrubbed like that that's also fair right like the version that came back up when it came back up may be like maybe he cleaned and like sterilized of other potential like stuff that that could be going on right who knows data gathering data mining they do a lot of that yeah and maybe the other thing so they dropped if you look like they've been a bit of a decline stock wise but from Tuesday, seventh of September to Monday, October fourth, they've dropped sixty dollars on the stock. Stock what dropped percent from is it? Three eighty-two to three twenty-six. Wow! 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 So that ain't nothing either. <laughs> that's that's the, the, the I, buzz? I forget what it was, but like, and the stock and the stock dropped today. I think some someone turned it into like X millions of dollars for like just not for Facebook, but like. For Zuckerberg directly, like yeah. millions of dollars in the span of ten hours that this man lost, like just Zuckerberg, like considering as a shareholder. 
So like the, the the buzz that that you you read about Hacker News is really good for this. There's a lot of like insiders in the in the industry who talk on there, and mm-hmm. they say the like the feeling of, of working at Facebook right now is the feeling of like a gigantic megacorp in decline, where you have all of these like shitty directors in charge of their own little empire, and they'll they don't care about fucking up the business in if it means protection for their jobs and for their their people. And so mm-hmm. there's all these like tiny little fiefdoms of people fighting with each other and uh nobody's nobody's happy everybody's super depressed they should get off they should get off facebook if they're feeling depressed i've read some reports (laughs) oh (laughs) i mean but it happens to every big thing like there was a point where myspace you'd be like myspace is going to be there forever it's the freaking internet for like a wide range of users Mm -hmm. how long is it before that happens to facebook I mean, I don't know. I think it's diversified beyond a social network at this point, right? Like, that's the, I think that's the key. It's the same thing with Amazon, right? Like, if you're like, Amazon is, you know, like, you're like, even their storefront is now just like a fraction of their business when you think about how much of the internet they just host. Like, Amazon mm-hmm. servers are such a massive oh, yes. piece that yeah. even if the like Amazon.com stopped being a thing, they would still be like a gargantuan company of just like server providers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So and I think like Facebook isn't necessarily, I think quite as diversified, but it's still such a like to call it like a social networking company is like part of it. But now they're just like, they're into so many other people's, they sell hardware. They have their, like their video stuff. They, they have all their messenger. Are you services. referring to Oculus? I really don't think that that's a significant chunk of the Facebook pie. I think that that's a that's a forward strategy, something to do with the billions. Oh, of- for sure. But no, no, no. Oculus is part of it. Their VR strategy, but they also have uh, like their their cameras and stuff that they want you to put on your TV, so they open up your entire house to your chatting and stuff. Spying on like- you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Not sure. <laughs> like, man, someone linked the um, the one of those like Future Simpsons episodes. <laughs> Where mm-hmm. like Lisa goes into like VR internet and she's like trying to look for her uh, for her daughter, and like they, they go and she goes into Google and she's like, in the future she's like, wow Google, you did enslave most of humanity, but you're a damn fine search engine. <laughs> it's not even that anymore, honestly. Yeah. Like if you use Google straight up these days, the results are shit. <laughs> the what do you call it? Um, did you see the Bloomberg article from two days ago, which I thought was kind of hilarious considering the crash of Maybe. this, where the, it was a, an op-ed piece saying, arguing that companies the size of like Google and Facebook and whatever could potentially have a seat at the UN. You know, they've for, been for, for multiple reasons that for a long, long, long time. It's kind of, it's it's amusing only, I did read it. It's it's amusing only in the sense that it's like something like that is now in the public eye. Whereas yeah. that was the stuff of Neil Stevenson, and, you know, oh, sure. like 20 years like, ago. Like, exactly. Like corporate nation oh. states are like, uh, they're they're in rollerball, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah of course. Like, that's like speculative sci-fi is pump, put that out there all the time. But yeah. like, I guess like the flip side of it, though, is not just that they're like, that they make enough money. Or they make more money than certain countries, right? But like the flip side is that they should be like open to scrutiny the way a country is. <laughs> like, is there's like there is the other side of that equation of not just like oh they get to have a seat at the table in terms of like policy talk of countries, but there's also like no you have to have the you should have the scrutiny of a country yeah. if you are that impactful on the global economy. Like you should be under like how many times have the the CEOs and stuff been like in front of like panels talking about like elections and stuff like you know like you're a player of the international field and you i feel that there's like a certain amount of like ah we're just a company what did how could we have known that we would have had these like gross repercussions let's just scroll it back to 2001 and put modern day facebook there oh the taliban used facebook to plan their attacks united states engages in a 20-year war against them it's be amazing (laughs) Against Facebook? Against Facebook. Yeah, I don't know. Just entrenched. I don't know know that you can separate the nation's interests from the the interests of these businesses. So if you, you look really hard at it, in 2001, after the attacks, they passed all these laws that, you know, everybody makes fun of China for the businesses in China have to work with the government and provide uh, whatever intelligence opportunities, whatever. America has those exact same laws. Facebook has to play ball with with the CIA. As soon mm-hmm. as the CIA wants something, Facebook is there. I guarantee you every shred of data going through Google and Facebook and Instagram and whatever is all being handed over to the government. The And in fact, we know that that's true, right? 
um, the I don't remember what the name of the company was right now. It's not Tutanota, but it was it was an email company that had um, private like their whole deal was that they sold actually private email. They sent encrypted email. The company that did the service didn't have access to the keys to decrypt the email. The CIA showed up at this guy's door with a, a special order that says, number one, you need to decrypt these email accounts for us to, to, to analyze. And number two, you're not permitted under a secret American laws to disclose the fact that we have made this request of you. And the guy chose to disobey the order and shut down the whole business rather than rather than obey it. Mm-hmm. And he ended up going to jail because that would was violating the secrecy gag order that was there. Yeah. One million percent the government is in. So is the with with that said, is the American government incentivized to restrain these guys in any way? No. In a sense it's like it's part of the the we live in a world now where you don't send an army into somebody else's country to like kill the, the men, re- steal the women and children and steal the grain. You, you send a business and, yeah, but, and, and America's doing real good at that. Yeah. I, mean, I think that, you, that's you the, say that you say that, but imagine the power that Facebook would have to negatively affect the American military just by releasing all of their private chats. Every, every private sergeant, Lieutenant, just just by the way, here are you know the twenty million American that are signed up for the armed forces, and uh, look how many of them are into gay porn, and look how many of them are shockingly racist, and look how many of them are domestic terrorists, and just just flood flood the 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 world with that information. But that's what, what I'm saying, man. I don't think there's any distinction between the interests of the American military and Facebook. I think, Until but there I think is. that's where that's where Until the conversation. Yeah, I was going to say, but that's also where the conversation goes, right? Is because you know the British military is also using Facebook. You know what I mean? Like, like that's where that's where stuff gets like crazy. Is you're like, oh, if this was clearly, if it was like Facebook is tied with the government of America, but you're like, no, it's a global website that tons of people are using. Like that's where I think everything gets super shady in terms of like, what is this? Like, what does this mean? And now you're also giving the American companies data. And like, if I'm another yeah, country, I'm like, what's going on with all this? Yeah, let, let's say it's political. Let's say the American government does decide one day, just like, hey, you know what? Give us all of the um, military troops' personal information from freaking Italy. Yep. I, 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 like, I think that situation is, is already here. Intel has backdoored all of their chips. Mm-hmm. No, right. no, but wait, wait until it's actually used not as a as an information network, but as an actual disruption tactic to to affect the actual people that are signed up to military. Like, yeah, where, like where, it's not just, go... where it's not just intel gathering, where it's like let's bring a giant scandal on this five star general, and we're just going to make it like. Why stop at one five-star general? Every oh, general that's, and every that's been happening in Africa, in the Middle East, in all like around the world. That they already change governments with with this information, mm-hmm. right? What a fun time to be alive, everybody! I mean, you know, it's true. It's this dystopian nightmare. But like the alternative was guys with swords. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, you know, exactly. To, there, to it, a certain degree, you can say there's less suffering being created by this system. Yeah, Probably. I think it's 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 one of those things where I be, I believe we're in the at least seeing the like the, the the birth of people who are growing up to be aware of how like all permeating the social stuff is like where like there's so many people that I talk to now like like young people, you know, people in their yeah. 20s who are much, much, much more savvy about like what they put on the internet and and just like abs- a, lot, a lot of them even who have online presences, but that it's like, it's a calculated, curated online presence. I don't post my opinions online. I like share memes and whatever and like some photos of where I'm going, which is obviously sharing something, but it's like, I do not post my opinions on the internet. I don't have like these conversations, like certain conversations on the internet. I just do not engage. Yeah. The, on the internet in the same way that I think that a lot of people were like, it's fine. <laughs> like, like the, the initial 20 years ago where the internet was just like presumed anonymous and we all thought it was fine. Like people are now growing up. Not all of us. Not. 
Yeah. There, there were the kooks that everybody fucking laughed at who actually knew what was going on with that in this one tiny regard. Sure, but I don't even think the infrastructure was necessarily there to spy on you as much as it was. Like, So I'm, that's the, fun, the fun stories written about that. The infrastructure was there to harvest the data. They filled up data centers with reams and reams of data without the, the analytical tools to be able to break it down. That, that's that what I was going to... I was like, the other, that, that was the other one. I said, Sorry, Scott. A, having the AI to comb through it and b the server space was like finite back then right. <laughs> yeah right so those were the two major like but they kept it yeah. all it's yeah, yeah. first there. the 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 internet company that i first worked for had to keep you know ip logs but they just couldn't after a certain time they were just like we keep them for three months and then our servers are full and we delete them all mm-hmm. that's that that doesn't happen anymore how yeah, quaint exactly. Yeah. Right? They were just like, what are we going to do? Log everyone's phone calls? I mean, yeah, that, that's what they do now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that well, topic, okay. I, don't know where, I don't know where to put this piece of information in because it is from, like, this spring. But just like that, like you throw in the fact that, like, SpaceX won Pentagon contracts for their missiles, right? <laughs> like, Really? Yeah. They got uh, $160 million con- uh, contracts to launch missiles with the, the Falcon 9 rockets. Huh. That what are they putting the missiles in space for? Weird. You know, I think this yeah. might have been tied in with like Trump Space Force. Who knows? Because this right. was, oh no, this was March 2021. So no, this was a Biden Pentagon. Yeah. Who knows? Space Force was still an active program. It didn't stop yes. just because Biden got elected. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. So the, the, t- <laughs> the, t- the tail end of this whole thing of the like dystopian nonviolent conquering, right, mm-hmm. is that today China flew something like 30 warplanes into Taiwanese space. And the president of Taiwan said, we need, we are expecting war shortly. Please, you know, if there's anybody who are allies, get your shit together. Mm -hmm. Which is ultra tricky because it's very difficult to be an international ally to Taiwan. Well, the United Kingdom did fly an aircraft carrier through the South China Sea. I mean, this week. I mean, America has been upping their presence in the South China Sea as well. And I don't know if you remember a couple months ago, we talked about um, uh, submarines coming mm -hmm. out of China. Proxy wars are the best. I don't know that it would be a proxy war if China actually invades Taiwan. Like, I mean, that's. Well, it would be the the proxy war in the fact that you'd end up with like a Taiwanese military armed most likely by England and America. Right. And then. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, well, and that would except, be except that it's China directly involved. I, I don't know that they could. Yeah, do that's it. true. When you say proxy war, it's usually it's like they're, they're they're paying off some rebels in Taiwan to like act in their stead, which I don't know. I haven't heard of that happening. You kind of usually that's how these things play out, right? Yeah. Like and, and, that, and that's the other and thing, then... too, is I don't like having having been to Taiwan, at least yeah. the sentiment is that I don't think there's enough like pro China sentiment there to like rally enough mm-hmm. like guerrilla fighters who would be like no 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 china's the china's my like pick super happy to be rebe- rebelling against the china For the most like, part there are there are chinese nationalists there like like it's like, like enough that it's like a, like you can feel it like there's a lot of um and like by a lot i mean like you'll see a couple a day like these little cars with like speakers like blasting the chinese national anthem and stuff wow, like wow, driving wow. around but yeah, like help yeah, but that's like yeah, exactly. But like, okay. and, and that car is just like angrily glared at by every person on the street. But there is like the guy that drives that car around. You know, like it, yeah. it is like the vast, vast, vast majority of people are like, oh yeah, like get out of here, forget China. But there yeah. is like, like I said, like it, it's it's enough of a presence that like you can still see it. Like there's a couple like sandwich board dudes around who are like, we sh- we sh- we are still part of China and stuff. Like on their yeah. little. Yeah, so there is. They're like, like they're like Canadians wearing MAGA hats. It's <laughs> like, huh? What? <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay. In conclusion, get your shit together, Alberta. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, in so I'm... many more ways than one. Oh yes. god. Alberta's nuts. Just ask. Uh, what's his face there? Archibald. Uh, Justin Archibald. <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? He is a hockey player for the uh, Edmonton Oilers, who uh, was uh, the yeah. only anti-vax player on the Oilers team. And he got COVID, and now he can't breathe, so he's lost his career. He got he got yeah. myocarditis, cardioitis, and yeah. uh, will not be able to play. Uh, at least this year, but possibly year. forever, because it's a heart condition. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's done damage to the the tissues of his heart. 
through COVID and has realistically lost his NHL career. That is fucking awful. Well, it would be if there wasn't a vaccine that was readily available before he contracted COVID, which there was. Yeah. I mean, okay, there, there's like the, the, the comeuppance part that you can delight in. But I think just the notion that there's this virus roaming around the world that gives you permanent fuck-ups is fucking horrible. I mean, there's yeah. more than one, John. There's yeah, more there, than one virus doing this. Just uh, okay. this one has a vaccine. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. it's, and you can't be mad at Archibald for like not knowing about it because as a professional athlete, he had access to the best possible medical care. Ahead of everyone else, ahead of the yeah. regular population. Mm-hmm. And they I guess were... speaking of speaking of the best possible medical care, uh, all you can eat benzos on airplanes. Mm, that's good times. Robin Leonard. <laughs> Did you hear about this one, John? Oh, this no. one's right up your alley. Benzos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, conspiracy theorists tweeting uh, pipe bombs. Well, conspiracy theorists. I mean, this is a an all star goaltender from the NHL who alleging that uh, multiple teams, multiple organizations are just like just tossing out pills to players, dropping uh, Valium and Benzo by name. That uh-huh. you're like that these guys are getting them and saying that he was also it was he was also one of those guys who had them like without a prescription and like the, it caused him to have like depression and whatever else. And he's like, he's now, hold on. They're being given out to help guys sleep on the planes when they're, when they're traveling. Games. Yep. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's it. But ah. without scripts, right? Like without prescriptions and like, do you really need them or hey, you're on the bus? You take some bennies. Come on. We all did <laughs> it. Much. Have a couple of beers, have some bennies. Zonko. You're right out. Yeah. yeah so, it, so Leonard who has uh, been diagnosed with, um, you know, bipolar disorder and depression, uh, was like, my doctors were like, Hey, maybe the fact that you haven't had, you know, real REM sleep because of all these drugs they've been passing out to you, uh, that could be a contributing factor to the degradation of your mental health. He was like, Oh, cause you know, trainers and coaches were just passing them out. Like, like the pack of gum to uh, help everyone wind down on the, after the game on the way to the next game. Yeah. Pretty, Pretty big allegations. Yeah, and uh, Dale Weiss, Dale Weiss today was like, "Yeah, that's totally a thing." Yeah, yeah. well, dude, and, <laughs> it was like, like I know Phil- it was another and the time, Philadelphia like... Flyers were like, yeah, "No, that's never happened. We have no idea. We're gonna investigate ourselves on this case to to see what what he could be talking about, but it's not. That's not us." Yeah, even even though he dropped um, the he dropped Names Vingo's name. Into the mix, but then clarified that he was like, I didn't actually mean Vigno. I just mean Vigno was also a shitty coach who like would have. But he's like, I don't actually like Vigno himself didn't like hand me any benzos on the flyers. But like, of course, it wouldn't be be the training staff or whatever. And Vigno would have somehow deniability just being like, I assume my training and medical staff is doing the best thing for my players. I I, I was going to say, like, if you have a doctor on staff and the doctor thinks that it's okay that you give out a couple of sleeping pills when guys are messed up on the road, living the like insane life of a professional hockey player. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. It's bad if if the doctor is irresponsible about it, but there is responsible uses for these drugs and this could yeah. be one of them you know well, i think i think that's the, the point think, at least yeah go ahead he, scott he's he's not diagnosing these people with sleep disorders he's like hey i got some stuff here take a nap yeah the argument that leonard's making is that like these are prescription these are drugs that are get, being given out without like the proper like screening or whatever it doesn't mean that like everybody is necessarily like that everybody doesn't need them. There might be some valid cases, but yeah. like his point was that it was like, like handed out like candy and it was not a measured, careful cons- consultation with a medical professional saying, Hey, based on right. X, Y, Z, it's like Dr. Should... Who. Yeah. It's you, you'd get just boop, benzos. And it's then like, the, it's you... like someone on the bus sees someone else pull out a pack of gum and it's just like, Hey, hit me with that. And it gets tossed around through the And then team. everybody's taking a nice long nap on the plane. Ooh, speaking of nice long laps on the plane. Ric Flair. Uh, oh, geez. I was going to say, but the, the, the follow-up, did you hear about the, the, the Akeem uh, Aliou uh, chimed in after the Robin Leonard thing? 
I did not, and I'm oh, it's great. Only going to assume it's still going to be a good segue. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty. <laughs> so, but um, Akeem was like, "Oh, he's like, I hope this isn't something that just gets like brushed under or whatever else like that." And they make a big flashy statement that they're going to talk to you, and then two years later, you're still sitting by the phone and haven't received a phone call from anybody. Oh, that's no good. What did he do? Uh, what did he? Uh... He called out the Calgary Flames coach of being super racist to him in the locker yeah. room. Wow, yeah, wow, like, wow. It, and there was like a, there was a, a large reckoning of a NHL coaching staff, and he was one of the whistleblowers in terms of the like widespread uh, mistreatment of players by coaches, including like rampant racism and stuff. And it was like a big news story. So now for him to chime in and be like, "By the way, I've never had that follow up that the like league <laughs> really said they were gonna do two years ago when all of this came out. I have not gotten that call. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, oh, it just gets worse." <laughs> Uh, quick, sell those advertising patches on their jerseys. Tie yourself to this brand. Come on, companies, tie yourself to this brand. They're giving out drugs. They're being racist. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, Ric Flair had a bad time. Oh yeah, he, he had a he had like a Facebook bad day when that came out. Mm-hmm. So, John, there was an episode of the Dark Side of the Ring. Talking wait, wait, wait. About... Did did Subban say anything? Did he no. did he comment on his time in Toronto in uh, Montreal? No, Subban has not said anything. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, which is, which is not to say unexpected, no. but it is like, there were a few people that were kind of waiting for it because there was a lot of rumors that Subban was mistreated. And in yeah, that, yeah. like, in that stretch of where a bunch of players are coming out, is it because he's uh, a team Super. player who wants to have a future in broadcasting or whatever the heck, or team right. player, like no. just a, a, a guy who wants to maintain a public figure? Maybe. But no, I no, feel no. That, he's like, Subban's well, outspoken enough. He's made comments about the coach. They just weren't crazy inflammatory. Yeah, exactly. What did he That's say? It, he's, he was like, he would call me into the, the the office and he would have already smoked a pack of cigarettes. And the whole office would be like this thick cloud of blue smoke. <laughs> and then he would scream at me for half an hour. And because I'm the kind of person that I am, I would watch the tape with him and be like, oh, but I did that okay. Mm-hmm. And leave with a positive attitude after him screaming and, and making every piece of clothing That's I was wearing smell horrible. Yeah. And, but, it, but it was one of those things where, like, if there was racist shit dropped, Subban would have been like, oh, and he was racist. Yeah, like, it was like it, he there was, was every opportunity for if, if, there, if there was that kind of misconduct happening, he had every opportunity to have said it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good time. He threw the coach under the bus as far as his own actions would go. The the funniest part, I think. Uh, so yeah, so so flash forward to the the Ric Flair yeah. thing. Oh man! But to to preface all of this, where, where Scott will give us a um, a wrestling history lesson in, in Ric Flair and the plane ride from hell, is that it was parodied as like a hilarious, like quaint comedy cartoon by WWE just a couple of years ago. So there was this incident where the WWE went overseas for a European tour. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the tour, they chartered a plane to fly everyone home. And the story got out that this was an awful plane ride. Mm-hmm. People got drunk and they got rowdy and they got into trouble and everyone hated it and it was bad. And one guy got his ponytail cut off. <laughs> okay. And it was kind of notorious as a terrible, like everyone blowing off steam and pushing it too far. In- right. Infamously, Ric Flair walking down the aisle wearing his robe. But like with his junk out and whatever, helicoptering for the boys, being like, "Ha ha ha!" I'm Ric Flair. Too much booze, right? And again, and again, this was put into a hilarious feel-good cartoon just a few years ago by WWE, like as an adult cartoon, obviously. Okay. But like, was being like, a wrestler is hard, guys. Look what look what can happen to even. Look, they're blowing off steam. Ha ha. So the television series, The Dark Side of the Ring, did a deep dive into the plane ride from hell. And it was horrible. It was horrific. Yeah. People went on the record. Big names in wrestling went on the record to detail some of the things that happened, including wrestlers drugging each other and laughing at the, as they passed out. Um, Who better than Ken? God. Yeah, like okay. everyone, right? That's um, awful. Rick, Rick Flair, not just spinning down the spinning his junk down the aisles to make the boys laugh but also grabbing one of the stewardesses and pinning her against the wall and sexually assaulting her insisting that she you know touch him and move while everyone else was watching 
Not good. And the only person to stand up was Dust Dustin Rhodes to say, like, hey man, leave her alone. Because he was going through his own freaking depressive episode after having uh like made horrible overtures to his ex-wife who was also on the plane. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Like to the point where the stewardess had to like get him under control. Um Scott Hall also assaulted the same stewardess before passing out from a drug overdose. How did she not sue the WWE at the end of all this? A massive settlement with an NDA. Right. Yeah. So, and and like supposedly there was like cash being handed out to these people like as the plane was landing and then like it it became legalized and finalized like like here's like several hundred dollars and you'll hear from our lawyers with like several thousand more like just keep keep quiet for the next little bit and we'll be in touch right. was the like like the company plus, line plus her old, the the company itself was also no you can't do this You'll lose your job. You'll cost us all our jobs. Right, right, we, right. We charter to rich, drunk party boys all the time. And if it gets out that if you party too hard with us, you're going to be in the newspapers. We're, we're done as a business. Yeah. yeah. So she was like, again, backed into a corner this time financially. Wow, wow, wow. And uh, yeah, freaking Jim Ross's interview. Did you see it, Keith? Did you watch the show? No, we're not. Oh. We're not up to date. We're we're still in Brian Pillman land. Where we so, just started into season three. Jim Jim Ross is is interviewed, and he's the head of talent relations there. He's he's the guy, their boss. And Vince comes down and says, "Okay, you have to clean this up. You have to start firing people." So he instantly fires Scott Hall. He finds a bunch of other guys. Um, you know, buries a couple other guys. They lose their push. They go down the card. And then the interviewer looks at him and is like, and uh, what about Ric Flair? You know, like, what what was his punishment? His punishment? <laughs> and Jim Ross goes, I was told I couldn't do anything to him. He was too big a star. You can't, you can't find Ric Flair. He looks right is, at the camera Ric and you're Flair just like, big? he was at the at time. The time that, yeah. Okay. 16-time world champion. Yeah, Ric Flair is easily easily in the top 10 biggest names of wrestling all time. Like top 5. Era. Top 5. Top 5 gets tricky. Hogan, Michaels, Hart, Undertaker, Flair. Your why did you jump Rock over Stone Cold and the Rock? Uh, okay. <laughs> top 10. Like of that era for sure. Like of that yeah. era top 2 or 3, but like as soon as you hit like Rock Stone Cold, you're Yep. Yeah, yeah. no, that's fair. I know I, I heard you list, but then you forgot about the Rock and Stone Cold, and you're like, those are both bigger names than Flair in terms John of all Cena. time. Cena, the guy. Who Anyways, beats. super shitty, really hard to watch, and then freaking um, Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. He's Come sitting there going, here. "It was no, it was no big deal. This is a thing. This is yeah. Why are you Times being different? Yeah, it was a different time. <laughs> that old, <laughs> that old excuse." Yeah. Get so out of Rick, here, Rick Flair lost his job with AEW. Hmm. And with WWE, he wasn't with AEW. Yeah, he was with AEW. He was going to Rick Flair. Rick Flair. He had already left WWE before right. that show came. And so then they responded by hiring Jim Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> and Tommy Dreamer got dropped by Impact instantly. Yeah. They're just like, "You're unemployable now." Thanks. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Um. What else happened? Dark Side of the Ring. Incidentally, oh, man. John, if you enjoy a good docu-series, and I do. like, really, really recommend watching Dark Side of the Ring if you can get a hold of it. Like, Sarah, like to the point where Sarah looks forward to watching it without necessarily knowing any of the history. It's like so well made, so well produced, and the stories are like just literally. It's such a great concept because you're like, oh, an industry like with fuel, like run by like several key like megalomaniacs and fueled entirely by like painkillers and cocaine. Mm-hmm. You're like, what kind of stories could have emerged from this in 40 years of that being the like being the operating model for this industry. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's every single story is like you're like, oh this is insane. Like it's they don't just, play like, by the same rules as everyone else. It's right. the weirdest right. carny nonsense that like ruins people's lives, ends other people's lives. Like it's just it's so 
like insane. Like the the I keep saying Brody Lee, Brody Brute, like Bruiser Brody episode, where by all accounts, by like many multiple firsthand accounts, just dudes walked up to him in the locker room and murdered him instead of paying him. Really? Basically. Mm-hmm. And because it took in place in like in Puerto Rico and it was like kind of crazy. And like the Americans were like, we couldn't say anything because we were afraid for our lives and we just wanted to get the hell out of Puerto Rico because maybe oh, they'll just shit. stab us. And like, and these are like names. Like, this is like Bruiser Brody's like an internationally renowned wrestler. And like, uh, it was uh, Tony Atlas, who's like another, not, like, they're not superstars, but these are like guys who like wrestled in the WWE, had TV time, had whatever, are now in a situation where one of them just got stabbed to death in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Like, it's bananas. Like, just, and that's just one oh, of the episodes. Like, the, it's uh, the, North, the North Korea one. I, I haven't seen oh. that's also season three. Like I said, we're in, we're in the Brian Pillman stuff. Uh, I'm just kind of catch as catch can with them, but man, the North Korea one is insane. WCW puts on a show in North Korea. Grab a bunch of steroided up coke heads and throw them into a hotel in North Korea and say, guys, don't fuck up. Just just be nice in your room. They're like, oh. Yeah, really highly recommend Dark Side of the Ring, uh, Mm. John, if you want in the... uh, Cool. If you want to watch the other documentaries. Uh, what else is happening, friends? I guess it's not we... enough for you. God damn it! Dude. Important, gigantic Important new thing on Netflix. Oh. A horror movie portal. Night Mass. Wrong. Wrong. I don't know the new He-Man series. Good Fucking game. Seinfeld. All of Seinfeld is up on that biz. Oh. oh. Yeah. You guys don't give a shit. I think no, I, man, no, I don't like watch Seinfeld. all of it. Oh, Marissa's man, watching it. I don't like Seinfeld. I don't know if it's all the best, but it's definitely the most influential sitcom. Sure. Did, did all are all modern sitcoms in some sense descended from Seinfeld and di- and in an era of like total garbage sitcoms, fucking Full House, you know, like Full House. Yeah, like like, like, like Seinfeld. Seinfeld big, uh, like. The, the other big sitcom at the time was Friends, and that's trash. But that that was later. That was years after mm-hmm. Seinfeld. And in fact, Friends Seinfeld was, was highly derivative to to Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. I agree in with fact, John. And and they and that what they did with with Friends, I think it was almost on purpose. It was like let's take the guys from let's take the the, the let's take Seinfeld and make the characters more approachable and sexier. And that that's yeah. that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Because Seinfeld was already like five years into its run when Friends. Right, and out. it only goes nine years. Like it, 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 it stopped. It and it was still hot. And mm-hmm. so I've only watched two episodes so far, and I really don't remember the very early ones at all. But it's already kind of good. That you kind of, it's not all. Not all the jokes are landing super hard, but you can tell that there's like something really different and really funny about the and and like they're not afraid to be assholes you know it's so common now to have dick characters in uh and like you know it's always sunny kind of stuff yeah i think what i mean what's you know what what, 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 i'm gonna push back against that john i think john larry had on night court had won four emmys by that point who was an asshole i I think that the i I, honestly i think that seinfeld took some of the ingredients from cheers and turned it up because there's a lot of like dick assholes on cheers and that kind of like oh everybody's just sort of like shitty to each other but they're kind of friends also is from tears. Like absolutely Seinfeld, like refined it and changed yeah. it. But like, there's not a lot of like super redeemable people sitting there around the cheers bar. Right. Like, I, no, no, no. I think at the end of the day, they're mostly redeemable and they're, they all have heart. Whereas Seinfeld is, isn't afraid to have all of the main characters be a little self-absorbed and a little, a Oh, little for useless. sure. Like it's, but that's you're, what I'm you're right about that, John like, Larroquette on, on night court. There's like all of the sitcoms will have like the one character who's a little edgy, whatever Seinfeld. But even John Larroquette was kind of often painted redeemable. Right, yeah. like, like he, 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 every for every episode where he's just a schmuck, there's there'll be one where he like does the right thing or whatever. Did you guys you know? watch? Well, I mean, the, Seinf- the, Seinfeld the isn't full of demons. No, no, no. <laughs> but but they get more and more self interested as the show goes on, and they they definitely push push into them all being schmucks. Like, isn't that the finale? They're all they all finally get their comeuppance, kind of. Well, yeah, because they don't help someone. They don't do. They they don't. Uh, they they wa- like watch someone die basically and, and in a state where there's a good Samaritan law. Yeah. And they're just like talking about it snidely as it like happens. Right. That's the, the trial of the century. It's been a long time. I'm looking forward to it. The, um, did you watch the Larroquette spinoff where he's I, like, 
he, he's so, a writer. It was sort of a spinoff. Yeah. The Larry Cat yeah. Show? Wasn't that a... The, the John Larry Cat Show. He, no, yeah. he was a bus station manager. Yeah. He was, I, I don't think he was reprising his role. No? No, it wasn't no. Dan he was reprising the character. He like, wasn't was playing Dan Fielding. He wasn't playing Dan Fielding. He was okay. playing a recovering okay. alcoholic who ran a bus station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. But not like, well, yeah. When I say the character, I don't necessarily mean the character. But I'm saying like he was exactly the same dude. That right. show has the best example of studio interference really? of all time. Go go oh, go! Yeah, I liked it. So he's he's basically a bottom feeder in the first season. Mm-hmm. His best friend is a prostitute. You know. Uh, everything in, in his life is wrong. He lives in a, like an actual garbage apartment. And that show, that first season is hysterically funny. And the second season, the network was just like, no one likes this. No one can relate to anyone. You are going to now get a girlfriend who's a normal person. The <laughs> prostitute is going to retire from prostitution and open up the restaurant in the bus station. And you're going to live in a gorgeous apartment. And he was like, okay, well, that's season two. <laughs> Ugh. And it's not funny, and it's bad. It has normal relationship drama, and uh, I, the prostitute. I, I don't remember it season talks two, but about I do remember life. enjoying season one. There <laughs> like, was a whole episode that revolved around him like being really proud of this book that he wrote, and then he finds out that it was a book that John Hemingway wrote, and that he just stole when he was really, really drunk, and he didn't know. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, if you ever want to John see the Hemingway, weirdest... sir, I, d- I did. Hemingway. I didn't Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> I I highly recommend watching the last episode of season one and the first episode of season two to just see what the fuck happened. Yeah, to be like, whoa, yeah, John yeah, Hemingway. I... Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> you know, John Hemingway. John's like, yeah. I like to put my name in front of everyone. John <laughs> Einstein. I think it was John Larroquette that had me. <laughs> uh yeah i don't know i there's like stuff that i wouldn't mind going back and watching but like every time someone's like oh i'm going back and watching seinfeld or like and even seinfeld is one of those things i think that would have merit rewatching. i'm just like Mm -hmm. there's so much stuff that's new that i i can never find the like mental capacity to like devote my time to something i've seen before which Mm -hmm. i guess is not like i don't know if that's good or bad but i'm always i've I've tried to do it a couple times. Like I've been, I've, I've picked up Bebop a couple times to try to like see if I, I can get through the series before it's like the live action episodes, one hits. Isn't it? Right. I've maybe made it like three, four episodes, and they're great. Like I'm not just sort of like, oh, it doesn't hold up or whatever. Bebop has has absolutely held up every time I've gone and like watched some episodes from it. But I'm like, oh, I, there's other stuff I'd rather watch. Always, right. like, I don't know. Right. Like Midnight Mass. Um, <laughs> Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass is the you, new. Uh, hang on, before before we get out of Seinfeld, do you yeah. guys like Larry David? Like, yeah. are you a Curb Your Enthusiasm fans? No. I don't know that I ever really it really landed at me, but I didn't. I don't know that I gave it like a fair shake. I think I, I like watched an episode here and there, kind of enjoyed it, and then didn't didn't really. It's up. funny to me because in my head of things that I'm not a huge fan of, it it jumps from Seinfeld to Curb to BoJack. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. I don't like Seinfeld that much. I don't like Curb Your Enthusiasm very much, but I still really love Bojack. Because I don't think they're that far off the comedy tree from each well, other. Well, one of them doesn't have a talking horse. Actually, two of them don't have talking horses now that I think about don't it. Don't they, though? So, <laughs> Deb, Debbie and I really enjoyed Bojack. We watched it all super closely together. In the very second episode of Seinfeld, he's wearing a, like an outfit that is 100% they still steal it for Bojack. The like shitty oh, tie, sure. the like patterned shirt that's underneath the blazer. It's like they, um, yeah, oh yeah. For, like it. I'm the, the Bojack 90 stuff is. Yeah. Like, I mean like a horse and around is obviously not Seinfeld, but like a lot yeah. of the like styles and looks and whatever is very Seinfeldian. Yeah. No, I think there's the absurdity of Bojack is I think what ties it together. And not to say that like Seinfeld and Kerb never get absurd, but like there aren't, like it's not completely insane. There's, like the, there's arrested development in that in that that might be the leap between Curb Your Enthusiasm and Yeah, Bojack. I would agree. Actually, man, that's super weird because I really like Arrested Development. That's really weird to jam it in between those other three shows, which but I it, it can't watch. They're in a they're in a constellation together. Ooh, I agree with you, and it's throwing my theories out the window. <laughs> Yeah, like like irredeemable jerks and whatever who sometimes, like I said, Bojack also has the thing where Bojack is trying to be good, which you don't get in Curb and Seinfeld. 
Yeah. Right. I think that's also the through line that like, and that's where Arrested Development, where a lot of the humor comes from is that for as awful as Michael is occasionally, most of the time, Michael Bluth is trying to do good, you mm -hmm. know, and there's like, there's a couple other characters who are at least like trying to be okay. In their own pathetic, useless ways. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. it. So that's, that's, I think, where, where, what Bojack draws on from Arrested Development that is not necessarily present in Seinfeld and Curb is the, someone trying to be, trying to be a good person at the end mm -hmm. of the day, even if they fail pretty spectacularly. Keith, uh, you were saying Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass, you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, it is from the uh, creative team that brought us The Haunting of Bly Manor and The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got, They're I back. sort of like those. And this time, it's not ghosts. <gasps> Vampires? It's religion. Frankenstein's. Uh, religion. Catholics. Catholics. So you're saying cannibals. Cannibals. Uh, like the, certainly the setup is 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 religious, but uh, the the supernatural element that is revealed is not necessarily strictly just. Well, yeah. Come on, I so mean, you're gonna spoil it. What is do it? You, I don't want to spoil it. It's pretty good. Like okay. it's okay. It, it's telegraphed, mind you. Like if you don't see the, if you don't see the the twist coming, the harpies. There's feathers everywhere. <laughs> Ladies swearing all over the place. Feces being thrown. So I'll give you like like information that you have in the first episode, and this is not necessarily story spoilers, but there are multiple actors who are in like kind of questionable old person makeup, and you're like, oh, those are young actors and old people makeup. Why would they not just cast an old person? Mm -hmm. That's like a thing. That, huh? Miracles. Exactly. Like that's it. It's like some of this stuff is like is spelled out without necessarily getting to exactly what the twist is. They they it's seven episodes. I want to say which is. It's a little brisker um, than the other two. Yeah, which is a little bit brisker. That said, episode four is bad. Mm -hmm. Like episode three, they drop the hammer with what the actual twist is. Does right? it like drop until well? then, they're just sort of like building building up spookiness. Like like it's like uh, and there's a lot of backstory. Episode four is literally an end. Like having watched the other shows, like you can kind of it's they do that thing. And they do it with multiple multiple shows, and but they really double down on it in episode four, where like the characters just sort of like monologue about their lives and like the struggles they've been through, whatever. Like, and it's happened, I think, in all in all of them at some point or another. But in episode four, it's like multiple characters have these just long, drawn out like exposition monologues, and, you're and it doesn't like, land. I don't, I don't care, but especially just because, like I said, the hammer drop is a twist, so you're like, bring on the like. Bring on the crazy, you know? They they did that kind of well, if I recall correctly, in Bly Manor, where there was, like, a crazy dark ending, and then the next episode has nothing to do with it, and ends that episode ends also kind of with the exact same moment. And so they, like, yeah. double up on the on the cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, and Which, it really what, worked in Bly Manor. I really, I thought that worked. Like I said, episode four, uh, the last five to ten minutes of it, great. great. But you're, like, the episodes are all, the episodes all clock over an hour, so it's like a it's a it's a, lift. it's a trek to get there. Yeah. And uh, like I said, there's there's a there's almost an argument to be made <laughs> that you could go from episode three to the last 15 minutes of episode four. And then episode five is we haven't finished the show yet, but episode five is like fantastic and, mm -hmm. and has that like interpersonal horror mixed with actual horror that uh that kind of goes on like they episode five like hits that balance really well and i mean now we're almost done so so yeah. far it's it's pretty good i'd say it's stronger than bly <laughs> also it doesn't it doesn't seem to be shying away from like having at least some level of like true villain which i felt was kind of like missing from both the previous seasons is that like both haunting of hill house and haunting of bly manor was just like sad ghosts <laughs> like like, yeah, like most yeah. of the ghosts were just sad and like like their evil was like a byproduct of their sorrow, you know, like or it was like accidental, you know, like their consciousness is disintegrating slowly in their ghost state and they and they have and their like loss of consciousness leads them to harm people around them. It's not yeah, really like the lady like in the lake and Bly or the, yeah, the broken girl in Hill House and all that yeah. stuff. But yeah, exactly. That's it. It's like they're 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 a great sorrow might dehumanize them to be villains, but then they're like redeemed when you unlock the lock of love or whatever the hell yeah 
I remember the last episode of Haunting of Hill House was infuriating. And there was like... It was fucking awful. That, yeah. Like the happy ghost montage with like shitty country music playing Everybody's going to end okay. You could have just, just forget that episode and end it at the one before and it's great. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so far Midnight Mass is uh, uh, delivering pretty uh, pretty heavily on that like... it's. Unlike spookiness that doesn't and like and doesn't necessarily shy away from gore and whatever when it gets there, but it's like not about that. It's about more mm-hmm. just like the human stories. The setup is basically like it's a a fishing island, the like an island like offshore. I want to say from Maine. Illinois. It's gonna be New England, isn't it? Something. I guess New England. England makes sense. Illinois is isn't Illinois Illinois in the. Yeah, but isn't there a Great Lake? I feel yeah, there's an island that could be in a Great Lake that could have yes. be fishing. Yeah, but you don't want to eat those fish. I don't know nothing about fish. Anyway, and, and like, and there's like, there's also like weird bits of like, <laughs> like commentary that are just gets like thrown in, and like, which is like someone Googled what sort of calamities could befall a fishing town, I guess. It's like, <laughs> like, there's like some like, and the oil spill was real bad, but you're like, but now people are dying, and you're like, but there's like throwaway dialogue to this like oil spill in the history of the like of the island, and that's part of the reason why it's like now like a lot of people are like leaving it, but it is like, it is such a weird uh like setting weirdly similar setting to the brock island sound which we watched mm-hmm. or the brock yeah brock brock something sound remember that horror movie we watched at fantasia last year mm-hmm. but yeah like there's there are like fishing communities in north america that are basically like like not a ton of people live there it's all fishermen fishing is a rough industry like you still gotta like wake up super early do all this work like not really thankful work and all that mm-hmm. stuff and you're just like and you're not even like connected to civilization in the like traditional sense. Yeah. Anyway, Midnight Mass would recommend. Cool. Yeah. Did you watch Fear Street, John? Um, I think I watched the first one. Had fun. Kind of got distracted. It's very hard to stay focused on a movie these days. I've been doing episodes of stuff, lots of um, uh, Trailer Park Boys, because oh, I wow. can put it down put, like put, turn it on forget about it if they're 20 minute episodes they just they're all one is just like the next equally awesome i wanted to talk about a trailer that i saw oh i'm very intrigued yeah truck trailer so <laughs> let, let's talk about um lord of the rings big money mm-hmm. business big movies made lots and lots of money but the problem with lord of the rings was it ended right there's three books. They made three movies. That's they, not they true. Mashed. There is another. <laughs> they 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 mined the Hobbit for three more movies, and uh, shocking. You're, you're yeah. done. You're done, right? But they're not. So the, there's the Silmarillion. Don't you forget? Everyone's Everyone favorite. Everyone's favorite book of the Bible. The Silmarillion. <laughs> <laughs> just just John and Stephen Colbert in line. Watch that one. <laughs> I, I don't put me on the list. I've never read it. I tried like three <laughs> times and I was like, what is this crap? I'm, I'm 12. I had so that. Then, like, do you remember hang on, in the nineties, there was like those really nice, like black editions of all the Tolkien books. Mm-hmm. And like, I had like the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings ones. And I was just sort of like, well, Silmarillion would really fit the set. And I was like, look, I like, I must've had that in my hand at the, like at chapters, like, 20 times and every time i'm like no i'm not reading this it's actually <laughs> on my list to buy and give it another stab just to see. Right. maybe yeah, so then, maybe your, your, sorry, your reading sorry. palette has aged no no it's fine uh so from there you you jump to game of thrones right like mm-hmm. huge was... hit for hbo huge okay. hit everyone's signing up for hbo just to watch that show like as far as tv shows on hbo go not Cultural a lot of them have that same kind of impact yeah and and the whole problem with that again was also the the ending i was gonna they say they only have four books they they didn't know what to do <laughs> with the yeah. ending so they they got uh, a fifth at one point but yeah they still just kind of still not an ending kind of went in between football seasons and tried to catch george R. R. martin's attention mm-hmm. and um ultimately botched it and and it's over yep so if Can you're talking about wheel of time Potters? god damn it <laughs> This was, this was, um, this is a I'm guess. I'm trying to lead up to it. <laughs> this is like, I, I did not know there was a trailer. This was a guess. Stomp all over my punchline here. So if you're Amazon, you're just like, okay, let's do some, some schlocky high fantasy. And the, the, the problem with Game of Thrones is the ending. And the problem with Lord of the Rings is there's only so many books. 
Combine Fuck those it. problems, you get you, you get, get a wheel of time where there's there's too many books and there's still no ending. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's there's just like what twenty books now, something like that. Get out! Are you kidding me? Robert Robert Jordan has passed away, and they're, yeah, they're still writing now, those though. books. Yeah, I have to believe they're done. No, I think his son is working with another. Writer his son was working on them, but I believe he's, at I, those books. I think that the the ones now are like. From the world, the world universe. of time, or whatever yeah. the like the hell it is. Like, yeah. I believe the main series is done because I think Andrew said he was like, "I finally finished it." Has even he, though has it he wasn't. been reading them all since when he was a kid? Correct. Yeah, oh, man. I read that seven. Hurts. I read seven, and I remember Lauren was up to thirteen at one point. I'm like, I, I can't. And that was before Jordan passed away. So I know there's more than that. I just, do, do I recall correctly yeah. that he tried to fake his own death to get out of writing some of those? Yes, I because he had a contract. Yeah. He had a contract for his books and he didn't want to write them anymore, but he yeah. couldn't write anything else until he handed in. Gathering Storm, Towers of Midnight, and A Memory of Light were all published by Brandon Sanderson and The Kid. So, yeah, it's done. It, it ended at, at how many? 14. 14. 14. I gave up at three, and I was told by Hooper that that was a very good choice. It was a brilliant choice. Three yeah. was great, and that yeah. it never gets better than three. Yeah, after I'm, a memory of light, okay there's been. <laughs> no, except, except premiering on November 19th on, on Amazon. Amazon? Yeah. Yep, is going to oh be The Wheel word. of Time. Who did yeah, they get the to play? There's, there's been unfettered anthologies of like these other little cut pieces of stuff that Sanderson wrote that got uh, like short stories and stuff. Think about what a get that is as an actor. There's there's goddamn 14 of these these books that are each going to get turned. And all of the books are gigantic, right? They're all 1,200 mm-hmm. page bricks. Having the, we had this conversation on Saturday, right? Like people were like, oh, it wasn't just uh, Weiss and Benioff who like wanted out of Game of Thrones. Like, I'm sure the actors wanted out too. I was like, they did they? Not. I was like, I feel that that was like the land of milk and honey as an actor. Yep. What have any of them really like? Like, I feel there's a little bit of maybe actor ego that some of them could be like, I could be doing bigger things. But I'm sure they were all getting paid pretty good bank by the end. Like they kept getting like some of them had like like couple year contracts and stuff. And then they were all getting paid a shit ton by the end of the show, like mm-hmm. much like the friends and whatever mm-hmm. your Jon Snows and stuff are making a lot of money off it. The only one I can maybe understand was uh, Amelia Clark because of like apparently health wise it was like very strenuous for her really? to work yeah, yeah she had a bunch of or she has and has i want to say like some kind of harder breathing condition or whatever hmm. and like it's she's like it was it which worsened over the course of the show where it's like she's like could act but like the kind of shooting and like schedules and Action stuff and like stuff. rigorous stuff of like whatever that they had in game of thrones was like not in her uh in her wheelhouse so yeah i think some of them are going to do well but i was like i can't imagine most of the actors were like let's end it like davos <laughs> well he's that, that guy does a lot of other stuff he's yeah he actually for sure has a career, like some of them i doubt any of it paid like game of thrones yeah, yeah he's like sure. he's like it, it would like his his game of, it would be like if margot martindale was suddenly on game of thrones hmm. noted character actors margot martindale. Martindale. <laughs> so the uh wheel of time show is is starring rosamund pike She's playing wow. Moraine. Holy shit. And a bunch of other people who I don't recognize looking at their IMDP page. Okay, but Ro- Rosamund Pike is is a pretty big name. Yep. She looks like she's going to be the linchpin of the... Uh, right. So we're saying that it is show. just a matter of time before we get the Chronicles of Drizzt Dwarden. There's no home. way. There is no way. They're, they would get... D&D can't. Getting, D&D can't make TV. Getting someone to go me. in blackface as Drizzt Dwarden. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to that timeline. <laughs> well, no, it would be Idris Elba. Come on. Yeah. Oh no, he can't do Driss Dwarden anymore. He could do I another Drow. It, is, would it would also be wild if they wig. had black actors as Drow. Like, I mean, like they have to. No. But then you're like, what do does not. that say? It's that doesn't make sense. They're they're <laughs> they're pure evil. That's that's not gonna fuck. Yeah, me. no, I know, but you can't put white people in blackface. <laughs> that's my point. Okay. So I was like. Yeah, have to. It has to be black actors, but then it can't be black actors. That's right, and that's it. It's like it's like the episode where Chang wears blackface as a drow on fucking Community was banned out of out of out of Netflix. Yeah, it's it's not a black person; it's an elf. They may and they make that joke in the show. I know, I know. It's so <laughs> sad. 
It's very weird. Like the, the, the one that gets me uh, is, what do you call it, where the, um, the Adventure Zone, where they have a guy, one of the, um, one of the McElroy brothers plays a character named Taco. Mm-hmm. And he's a white actor, and Taco is clearly a like Latin American name. Mm-hmm. And then they were just sort of like when they when it came to illustrating them, what do you do? What? And then they were like, if you draw him as a Latin American character, you would then have the problem of you made a white guy a voice actor face. for a Latin American person, yeah. and he just picked the name as a dumb joke in the first place. And anyway, so they were like, they decided to just make him like have blue skin, and I feel that like. That would kind of be the road to the Chronicles of Drizzdwarden. Would just be like Drower Blue Erasure, Erasure. You took a Latin character and you made him blue because you didn't want to have racial diversity. Oh yeah, that, that would that that did become a criticism. Oh of, no, that happened. Yeah, no, that that became a criticism of Taco's appearance. But mm, I'm saying, but that yeah. wouldn't necessarily be a criticism of Drow if they were like and and all and and like and all. And I'm sure for the right amount of money, like HBO money, guess what? All of a sudden, Drower Blue. <laughs> Like in D and D six ahead, like it's just done. We just got rid of it. That would be at all approachable if there was any chance of D and D ever making a media property. <laughs> and not, and was not it all worth it watching? Lisa and Benioff are looking for work. <laughs> Continuing the animated series of the uh, Chronicles of Dragonlance. Good <laughs> lord! Can you imagine them going to like? wizards and be like we can do your show like i don't know we saw the first seasons of game of thrones like you can't we don't want that for DD. like no 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 wait watch the last season like ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes make DD that <laughs> last season of game of thrones for 23 books yes <laughs> uh, i think this was 90s everybody bye bye Listen, man, we all know that you pressed stop on your podcast player like 30 seconds ago as soon as you heard the outro music. And the only reason you're possibly listening to this is because you're like jogging or something and your phone is in your pocket and you can't stop me from talking. Uh, I'll keep this short and sweet. Uh, We put in a lot of work on this website. Uh, If you do want to support us financially, we're kind of reworking the whole structure over there. But if you do want to support us financially, you can head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. And if you don't want to support us financially, maybe you could just tell your friends about the show. And if you don't want to support us at all, I don't even know how you're possibly listening to this at the end of that episode. Bye. 905.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.